Hey guys, welcome to another huge episode of Trigger. Today we're going to be joined by Trump administration border czar Stephen Miller. Stephen was a senior advisor and speechwriter in the Trump administration and in the Trump White House and is one of the best advocates for America first policies that exist. Okay, He's currently the founder and president of America First Legal, where he fights against the Biden administration daily. You know the lawfare that the left does so effectively against us, try to tie you up in court, try to make us miserable? Well, they have hundreds of people doing that. We have Stephen Miller. So you're going to want to see what he has to say. There's so much to get into, so much that I'm sure you're going to like. So guys, make sure you're liking Make sure you're sharing, make sure you're subscribing, downloading the Rumble app so that we can get all of this great messaging out there. We're working against so much, and it's because of you guys that we're able to do it. Also, make sure if you get your podcasts elsewhere, you like to listen on Spotify or something like that, you can get triggered on Spotify. So download it there. So if you're not able to watch it here, you can listen when you're driving or whatever it is that you're doing. So you can also check it out on Apple, uh, where you get your podcast there, but check it out there. Make sure you get it, make sure you're sharing, make sure you're liking, uh, you're not gonna regret it. And for the latest headlines, also make sure to check out MXM News. That's my news app. They've tried to cancel a few times so that you can see exactly what's going on in real time. Totally free to download MX, like minute by minute news. Check it out. Uh, you can download that on Apple and Google so that you can see what's going on. That's where we get a lot of the stories that we talk about every night. So it's all of you guys who make this show possible, along with a couple of our incredible sponsors. So make sure to check out the awesome folks over at GoldCo. Interest rates are rising, and of course, we're seeing the inflation, reckless spending, global turmoil, Biden caused disasters each and every day. And it's only leading to more economic anxiety. I just want you guys to be prepared and owning tangible, physical, inflation hedging gold and silver can help secure and stabilize your portfolio. GoldCo has top-notch customer service and most importantly, they'll answer your questions, right? It's not like, hey, just go buy this. Like, they'll take you through it, they'll answer your questions, they'll walk you through the process and educate you because that's what we gotta do, guys. We gotta educate ourselves, not just go with the blind indoctrination, the rote memorization that seems to be so much a part of today's society. So. Go to donjuniorgold.com to learn more. That's D-O-N-J-R-Gold.com. Learn more, educate yourselves. And while you're doing it, don't forget to check out Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Guys, the key tenet of this show is we got to support the companies who support you. And since you're going to have a cell phone in your pocket, right? You're going to have one without question. Do it with Patriot Mobile, where you can put America first with every call while getting the same nationwide coverage as the other major carriers. Patriot Mobile provides you dependable wireless service at an affordable price, putting your dollars into action and supporting freedom-loving values. They literally donate a portion of every dollar that they generate to support groups that fight for the First Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, the sanctity of life, protecting our brave police and first responders. They literally fight local school board battles to make sure your kids aren't being indoctrinated by some lunatic leftist crap, okay? So for fast, free activation, go to patriotmobile.com slash triggered, like the show, patriotmobile.com slash T-R-I-G-G-E-R-E-D, and you can do that. But again, you're going to have a cell phone in your pocket. You can have it with the woke corporate cell phone companies that are donating your money to fight 
against all of the things that you believe, or you can have it with someone who believes in our values and all of the things that we believe. PatriotMobile.com slash triggered. Check it out. It's fast, it's free, and it's easy. You're not going to regret it. Now, joining me, America First legal founder, Stephen Miller. Okay, guys, we have our friend, uh, just great American patriot, Stephen Miller back. Uh, Stephen is someone the left absolutely despises, which I wear as a badge of honor. So when they're trying to cancel you, when they're trying... <laughs> uh, but no, Stephen, you're one of the few guys... Uh, taking the lawfare back to the Democrats, right? We see what they're trying to do. I mean, just you know, take Trump as an example, but this is one of many things, right? They have uh, you know, teams of lawyers that dedicate time, resources, millions of dollars, just preventing us from being able to exercise our basic freedoms. Uh, you're one of the few guys that's actually taken that system uh, and, and fought back against the Democrats. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing, why it's so important. Uh, how others can get involved in it, because it really is a component. You see, you know, the, when I say the lawfare, that's the attorney general's trying to sue Trump to oblivion to prevent him from exercising anything. Let's try to break these people. Uh, you know, I'd love not to have that exist in America. I'd love for those games to not be played. But so long as the other side is playing those games, I think we, we need to be playing the same game. I always say, you know, we play t-ball, they play hardball, and we wonder what happens why, you know, as we watch just our freedom, our country eroding from underneath us, uh, we wonder why. And it's because we're just, we're playing entirely different games. We're like little babes in the woods, uh, you know, while they massacre the Constitution. Tell us a little bit about it and, uh, and, and how people can check it out and learn more. Thank you. Well, you're exactly right. Look, it's the, it's the law of nature in the real world. You know, classroom theory is fine and good. And conservatives for a long time have been obsessed with just the classroom theory of it, right? Which is uh, that you should be extremely restrained in your approach to law. You should avoid filing a lot of lawsuits. You should try not to spend too much time in court. Uh, you should be very um, gentle and you should be very um, averse to conflict at all times. Yeah. Now, if everybody played by these same rules, again, in theory, well, that would work just fine, and we'd all be very happy. But when you have one team, one side, that is going to, as you said, try to sue you into oblivion, that's going to try to persecute you, hound you, harass you endlessly, night and day, week after week, month after month, year after year, if you don't return fire legally in kind, you're just going to get pulverized. You're going to get crushed. And so we need at every level of the conservative legal movement to fight fire with fire. And so my piece of this is that I run America First Legal, which basically you can think of as a law firm, nonprofit, dedicated to fighting for all the things that you and your viewers care about. So we sue Biden on open borders. We sue schools for pushing gender theory down our children's throats. We sue HHS for um, vaccine mandates or for uh, violating the conscience rights of medical professionals. Uh, we sue uh, the Biden administration for race-based provision of government benefits. We sue uh, private actors for being involved in illegal censorship of free speech online and on and on and on down the list. So everything bad that's happening out there in the world, we're out there suing the people that are responsible for those policies, trying to shut them down, expose them, get discovery that can reveal all of these dark secrets. 
and then hopefully obtain favorable rulings, as we have in many cases at the end of the day, to actually prohibit this unlawful conduct. Yeah, I mean, it's so important. I, I, honestly, I get this a lot, and it's, it's sort of surprising. You know, I'll go speak to a large group of you know, conservatives somewhere around the country, and they're like, no, but, but the, Don, the, the Constitution says, and it's like, that's it. Like, the Constitution says X, Y, Z. Like, so, of course, it's fine. Just leave it alone. There's no reason to, to, to fight back. You don't have to get that aggressive. You know, turn the other cheek. And, you know, I understand sort of you know, the biblical roots of that, but it's like, no, man, they, they love that we've done that for 50 years. They've taken over every major institution uh, because of that laissez-faire attitude. You know, yeah, the constant, they could care less what the Constitution says. Uh, and, you know, uh, so much of what I try to do is just wake people up to the notion that just because it says it doesn't mean they won't try to get rid of that. Just because it says it doesn't mean anything. They, they, they don't care what it says. They could not care less. And that couldn't be more evident based on the immigration policies we see on a daily basis, based on the mandates, based on the censorship that we see from government trying to, you know, work with big tech to suppress one side of a conversation but not the other. Um, you know, how, how do you get people to understand that? Because, again, you know, I've been watching it now. Listen, you've, you've been on the front lines of this since you got in the Trump administration. I mean, we've been doing this since 15 together. Right. Um, but if people still don't quite get it. What would be some of the examples that you could use to drive home? Because it, it is shocking to me that I still see people that are like, no, Don, but, you know, but the Constitution says, like, oh, that's great. I, you know, I agree with you, but you're right. If we were playing the same game, we're not playing the same game. Right. In fact, they use that against us. That is actually the left understands our greatest weakness to be our refusal to get into these kinds of um, tit-for-tat legal, political, uh, and other fights. In other words, they think that our obsession with being the, um, the, the go-along and get-along conservative, unwilling to fill in the blank, impeach, or subpoena, or arrest, or sue, or do anything else like that, will be our downfall. That's what they're betting on. They're betting on the fact that they will appoint attorneys general who will systematically dismantle conservatives and then will appoint attorneys general who will just endlessly lecture us on why they can't do anything. That's what they're betting on. That's what their assumption is. And so, I mean, just to think of a really recent example. So the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, is guilty of, by any definition, human trafficking, human smuggling, child endangerment, violation of dozens of different federal laws and statutes. And so Marjorie Taylor Greene forced a vote on impeachment. And eight Republicans voted no, which was enough to kill the impeachment. And they all had different reasons and explanations. Uh, but most of them were basically some version of, well, they, in my opinion, the founding fathers really didn't think that impeachment should apply in this case or that case or anything else. Again, these sort of ridiculous classroom theory philosophizing yeah. rather than living in the real world and saying, this man is destroying the country. The yeah. only remedy available to you is impeachment. DOJ is not going to arrest him, right? Joe Biden's here through the, uh, at least through 2024. The only remedy is impeachment. And you're sitting there trying to rationalize, well, I think if I interpret Federalist Paper 67 this way, I think that it really doesn't apply to this exact circumstance because he is a he's the leader of the invasion into this country. Yeah. 
and you're not even willing to send articles of impeachment over to the Senate to have a trial. That is the conservative mindset that has brought us to the shameful point that we're in right now where we've lost corporations, we've lost the law schools, we've lost the legal credentialing bodies like the Bar Association, we've lost almost every single important institution in this country because of our laissez-faire attitude against a political opponent that is absolutely ruthless. Yeah, no, that's a great example because I I saw that even like Daryl Issa uh, was one of the people who voted against the impeachment. But there's a tweet from him like a couple of weeks ago that was like, I look forward to hearing him at the impeachment hearing, but then he votes against it. We, we do this every time. And it's not just members of Congress. Like, do you think for a second that if this was reversed, right? If you had you as our borders are uh, shutting down immigration, not allowing this insanity to go. Do you think that when the Democrats they controlled the House by a slim margin, you think one person would turn? You think one person would say, well, there's maybe an example where this wasn't exactly intended. It sort of happened. I mean, the same thing at the Supreme Court, really, right? When big decisions go up to the Supreme Court, if they are going to inure towards the conservatives, the conservative justices, almost without fail, will figure out a way to be like, no, it's actually, maybe the law applies this way, Dems get a win. If it's the other way, each and every time, boom, this is our interpretation of the law, the Constitution, gone. Uh, we're, we're, we're playing two different games, and we, we have been for so long. That was the best example in recent time, because it's like, what, what better, there, there is not a single justification for what's going on at our border. We want to spend 150 billion over to Ukraine. We're sending 14.6 billion to Israel. We're doing this. We couldn't finish the border wall for a couple billion bucks, like three billion bucks. We couldn't finish it. Republicans were the ones that slow rolled that to begin with because Paul Ryan and the likes wanted to be invited to the cool person Christmas party. I mean, you remember all of that. That wasn't actually the Democrats. That was the Republicans because we had the ability to get it done, but they refused because they would rather be accepted into polite Democrat society in Washington, D.C. than actually do what their constituency wants. And, you know, we candidly, we fought wars, uh, big ones, in this country about having our representatives actually represent us. And it doesn't feel like the Republicans in many cases are doing that anymore. Well, I think that you just have different incentive structures um, at the end of the day, and you have different reasons for going into politics. So um, a lot of our uh, conservative policymakers and legislatures and so forth, they are very focused on just being able to live what they see as a good life, right? Get invited to the right events, be able to be on the right boards, be able to have a good job lined up when you retire. They're not interested in what the left would call fundamental transformation. Whereas left-wing officials are extremely focused on trying to change the country in every way possible. That's what they're focused on morning, evening, afternoon, and night. And so when those two opposing forces meet, our side is going to lose every single time because we're not relentlessly focused on delivering a fundamental restoration to counter their fundamental transformation. And so, you know, a guy like Paul Ryan, he not only um, isn't even interested in doing that, there's also a second problem, which is that uh, there's a strong strain of thinking inside of the conservative movement. Unfortunately, Donald Trump uh, has largely vanquished this, but it's still there, 
uh, that actually naively believes if we just open our arms uh, to our opponents, they'll be converted to our way of thinking. Yeah. This applies even to foreign countries too, right? Just let China. Hamas is going to do a great job. Let's let's welcome yes. all the. It, it, it's crazy. Right, yeah, and let's let right let the um, let the jihadist world cross our borders, and they'll come to love the American way of living. So there's that strain of thinking that uh, is at best dangerously naive. So bottom line, conservatives have to get tough, and they have to get smart, real fast, because if we continue to uh, to lie prone and submit and be soft and be weak, uh, again, to the point where we can't even impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, right? Like the most impeachable person that's ever occupied a cabinet position ever, right? If we can't even do that, uh, we have significant problems ahead of us, I really fear. Okay, so let, let's talk immigration a little bit. Obviously, this is the one that put you on the, uh, you know, the radar uh, of the left. Uh, you, you're a big architect of sort of the Trump administration policies on that. Obviously, a lot going on at the border. We'll get to that in a second. But, you know, I'm watching what's going on right now uh, in the, you know, Israeli conflict. And I'm watching Israeli scholars write opinion pieces in the Wall Street Journal saying, no, 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 the U.S. should just open its arms and just take the Palestinian refugees. I mean, it's almost like, wait a minute. So the problem that you don't want to deal with and would love to get rid of, the problem that literally all of their Arab neighbors who you know, in the case of Jordan, is like, you know, vast majority Palestinian background population. Zero people want to be, those countries want to take exactly zero of the refugees from there. Now, Israeli scholars are writing opinion pieces and articles in the Wall Street Journal being like, no, America should just take them. I think it'll be wonderful. This diversity is our strength. What, what the hell is going on here that we're doing this with a straight face? You know, you see the article, you're like, why on earth would we do that? And then you're like, oh, Oh, there, there are scholars from Israel who would love to just farm off their problems to the United States. What, what's going on there? And what do you think happens uh, in, in that situation while we're talking sort of all things immigration? Well, first of all, a lot of people owe Donald Trump a big apology who criticized the travel ban. I remember, probably as you do, uh, I remember that he wasn't just being criticized from the left. He's criticized from members of the so-called conservative movement too, at yeah. the time, the travel ban, uh, right in in now in the, in the in light of what's happening in the world, well, probably to almost everyone now would be one of Donald Trump's absolute best and most important policies, right? Keeping radical jihadists out of the country for four years, because now what we're seeing under the Biden administration um, on our college campuses are all of these jihadists who've been let into our universities in the last few years to study who yeah. are pro-Hamas. And continuing on their current path, they're not going to go home either, right? They're going to get offered a job in the United States, and they're going to they're going to become citizens, and they're going to raise pro-Hamas children. And we're going to have the same problem here that they have in London and they have in Paris and everywhere else. We are importing anti-Semitism and anti-Americanism into this country from parts of the world that have viewpoints that are radically antithetical to our own. So to your point specifically about Palestinian or Gazan refugees, their own neighbors don't want them because they fear the instability they would bring to their societies. In other words, Egypt and Jordan, which have a lot more cultural commonality with Gaza, are worried that the the 
cultural attitude differences in Gaza would destabilize Egypt or destabilize Jordan. So just hold on a second. Yeah. So if Gazan refugees are going <laughs> to- But America, I've got a great idea for you. <laughs> yes, in Egypt, what the heck is it going to do in New York or Indiana or Michigan or Alabama or Arkansas? I mean, you would have to be out of your mother-loving mind to even contemplate such a thing. Yeah. Their own neighbors who know them better than anyone are like, please, please, please do not send them to Egypt or Jordan. Yeah. And, no, e and then Egypt said, who are saying, send them to us. Yeah, Egypt said something like they're willing to risk like millions of lives, meaning they're going to go to war. They'd go to war risking millions of lives. So, something to that. I saw the quote. I was like, wait, wait, you'd you'd be willing to lose millions of lives to prevent yourselves from taking over people who, you know, same religion, same, similar at right. least culture. Very they live you know, 100 miles away. History, like religious history and cultural history. But you know what they know, because that's where they're from. They know that the there's been so much multi-generational indoctrination in the Palestinian um, territories, in the West Bank and in Gaza, that it's not just, that they're just taking them and moving them to a new location is not going to magically make that indoctrination disappear, right? We've all seen the videos of children, you know, yeah. in kindergarten and preschool being taught all these hateful ideologies. That doesn't just magically go away if you move them somewhere else. It is generations of work yeah. to undo that kind of ideological programming. And so the other countries there understand it. And yet we have many people in America, uh, not just on the left, who are no. either stupid enough or malicious enough to say, okay, let's relocate the Gaza community um, into Kentucky. Yeah, no, there, there's, there's not, like, no one has even attempted, like, a, a, there's not even a pretense of, like, let's call it assimilation, right? They, they, they're, they come here and they're, they're a hardcore, in many cases, you know, Sharia law supporting model, and, and they remain that way. They don't, Will welcome. They'll take you know. They'll take the freebies from our country, but like they don't accept any of the other aspects of our culture. You see that in Europe. It's like they're they're letting you know the rapes you know in Europe are going through the roof. The only change was been a major influx, and they're like, well, no, it's a cultural you know it's a cultural difference. So we're gonna forgive someone literally raping our you know women and children. You know, it's a cultural thing, Stephen. Like we just gotta accept that cultures are different. System. Like I'm like, guess what, folks? Not all cultures are created equal. Okay, they're just like there are shithole countries, there are shithole cultures. Okay, that's not racist. That's fact. Okay, and if rape is a part of a culture doesn't mean we should just blindly import it. They've shown zero interest in assimilation or espousing our values. And no one's saying you got to change your culture. I, you know, I'm, I'm Eastern European. My mom's Czech. I speak the language. I know, like, I, you know, that's, it's fine. But I'm still an American. Uh, they have, they are not. They are still, you know, Palestinian, whatever it may be. And that's it. They have no interest. And they've shown that time and time again. And I watch this. The New York Times, I had to pull it up, I posted it on my social the other day, you know, the New York Times, sweeping raids, giant camps, and mass deportations inside Trump's 2025 immigration plans. I'm like, like, wait a minute, like, <laughs> is this a trick question? Are you saying it like that's a bad thing? Because we see what's going on. We see what's, you know, at Penn, my alma mater, one of the 
I mean, I don't know if it is anymore because like the insanity that we see on the campus of that and other Ivy League colleges, Harvard, uh, and you know the the Cornell, uh, then a West Coast of Stanford, it, like. You're saying, what is going on? Like, there's literally like jihadists on campus at the finest institutions in the world. Uh, the anti-Semitism, the racism that we see there, we see all over Europe. We, I mean, London, where they'll throw you in jail for misgendering someone for two years. I mean, for misgendering, it, you know, a dude or a woman with a penis and a beard. You, you know, you, you get it wrong, you're going to jail for two years. But, you know, you could say, hey, death to all the Jews, kill them all, behead them, it's good. I, what is going on? How, how is it even possible that this is happening in polite society today? It is very bizarre that the things that, I mean, just think about the American University example. The things that could get you suspended, disciplined, or even expelled. Basically, if, if you said anything that Tucker Carlson said or has said in the last few years that we would all consider to be mainstream, true common sense on a college campus, right? You could face all kinds of disciplinary action, um, but you could be a rabid Hamas supporter and you will be completely shielded from disciplinary action. Yeah. You, you will face no consequences or repercussions whatsoever. And it's because in the case of our university system, that they are fundamentally committed to the deconstruction of Western civilization. It's important to think of our universities today no longer as universities, but as training centers for dismantling Western institutions. So yeah. all of these things, these terms that we become familiar with now that we didn't know a few years ago, right? Critical race theory, queer theory, and gender theory, uh, and now decolonization is the word we're all hearing. Yeah. All of these various academic theories, disciplines, and so forth are all about trying to dismantle the structures of Western civilization. The way that we approach the legal system, the judiciary, law enforcement, police, military, et cetera. And then the goal is to then produce people who will then become the future judges, the future prosecutors, the future FBI agents, who will be resolutely committed to jailing and punishing people who think like us and letting the drug dealers, the cartel members, and all of the other uh, threats in society go completely free. Yeah, no, and you saw that. You saw what happened at the DNC last week. You know, they take it over, they're rioting, they're in there. You know, none of those people are going to jail, put in solitary confinement, denied due process for, you know, jailed for 17 to 25 yeah, not years. Not one of those people is going to be in solitary for two years. I can promise Not you. one of those people is going to go to jail. Like, and yes. that's the difference. I mean, that that's why it is so frustrating when I talk about the guy. No, 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 but the Constitution says, Don, it's like, we got to wake the hell up with what's going on. But let, let's talk a little bit more details at the border, right? You know, Biden yeah, keeps, yeah. Uh, you know, the Biden administration, they're setting new records there every day, right? Uh, these are not records that we should be proud of. I guess 170 terrorists were caught at the border, a record 2.5 million illegals crossed. You know, imagine how many more actually got through. I mean, I'm thinking of the terrorists that are sophisticated, especially now funded by Iran and all, you know, all likelihood, et cetera. We free up money for them. You know, how bad is Biden's open borders uh, and, and the policies that are driving it as it relates you know, to, to all of this, because I, mean, I don't think we can understand the volume. Uh, it's, it's literally becoming, you know, percentages, full percentage points of our population streaming across, in many cases, totally right. incapable of taking care of themselves, in many, you know, just designed, it seems, to, 
destroy our infrastructure. You know, we have a disastrous education system. What? Hey, flood it with millions more children who can't speak English. And congratulations, America, you can pay for that. Uh, our healthcare system, totally, you know, already a disaster. Uh, insurance premiums going through the roof. People getting crushed. You know what? Hey, let's add a few more million people who are going to contribute nothing to that system. Congratulations, America. What's going on? Yeah, so it's, it's worse than anybody could ever possibly imagine. And I think that your point about the numbers is really significant because I don't think that we can wrap our heads easily around the scale that we're talking about here. So take, for example, uh, the state of Montana, uh, a state that um, I think is near and dear to all of our hearts, we love very much, has some of the most amazing people in the world. That state has more or less about a million people. In it. And if you think about what Montana has contributed to the country, culturally, socially, economically, et cetera, right? Uh, in a given year, Biden is bringing in three or four times as many people as live in all of Montana. So they'll have three or four times more cultural power, social power, economic influence, commercial influence, political influence, right? As the entire state of Montana. It took hundreds of years to make Montana what Montana is today, right? All the settlers and farmers, the frontiersmen who carved out the land and the territory and tamed the trend it is today. <laughs> and all that work now is outvoted and outmaneuvered by the millions and millions of people who are coming in uh, who don't have, in many cases, the same values, the same priorities, uh, the same, uh, just the same way of looking at the world. And so the scale and the scope of transformation is really hard to fathom. And you don't feel it or see it right away because we're a pretty geographically dispersed country, right? It's a large territory, unlike, say, um, United Kingdom, I mean, comparatively speaking. Yeah. And so you know, I'm from Los Angeles originally, as an example. I would obviously never go back there. Uh, <laughs> so if you live in your little cloister part of LA, right? So if you're in like like a little cloister part of LA, like say like a nice community, like by the beach, right? Or a little enclave of Malibu or a nice little strip of Beverly Hills, right? You can sort of like, you know, shut your eyes and ears, right? And not notice that there are millions of people, millions living in abject poverty. There are millions of people who are not fluent or proficient in English. There are millions of people who rely solely on the government for subsistence, right? There are millions of children in public schools who cannot read or write or do arithmetic. The effects of open borders over years has completely destroyed the quality of living, the social safety net, the education system, everything. But if you live in a certain area, you can just pretend it's not there, but it is there. And we'll rapidly reach a tipping point because of Joe Biden, where our country will become economically unstable. We will have far more people on welfare than we can afford to pay for. Our tax base will not be able to support our economic needs. Our cities will become ungovernable. Our education system will collapse. We are nearing that tipping point far more quickly than people realize. Yeah, and it's sort of like the Chinese, right? They're playing a long game, right? They're, <laughs> hey, we'll let you in, it doesn't matter. Like, and it's really, to me, seemed to 
designed around the next census. What's that, in eight years or so? You know, it doesn't matter. You, you, know, you can be illegal. If you're there, you get representation. They slap members of Congress. That's, it's their way of redistricting the entire country, right. right? There's this many more people. They need representation. It assures that the Democrats ultimately take over the House in perpetuity, and that's when they just crush every other aspect of our lives. Uh, I mean, I, I guess that's, that's the only really logical way that they're playing this game, which is fine, we're gonna do this, it's gonna destroy these cities, it doesn't really matter. In eight years, they'll have a new census, and then, congratulations, we're redistricting the country, and you know the Democrats will control two-thirds of Congress in perpetuity. So exactly right, a lot of people don't realize, by the way, that illegal aliens are used for apportionment to put more members of Congress in certain locations. Many people don't realize that. Uh, secondly, yeah, you're counted whether you're it's not for citizens, which is mind boggling to me, uh, but it's everyone. And I guess that, you know, that's something else. Maybe you got to start fighting at America first, but uh, yes, legal because obviously, yeah, that's obviously unconstitutional, but that's how it was done. And that has to change. Uh, but on top of that, you also have this phenomenon known as birthright citizenship, which creates voters and citizens within each illegal immigrant household. And so just hypothetically, you know, you take a typical illegal immigrant family, they have say four children who are all automatically conferred citizenship. You can then use your child citizenship status as access to every single federal welfare and government program, because you're applying on behalf of the US citizen. So food stamps, public housing, uh, federal health care, and so on and so forth down the list. And then obviously, uh, when they turn 18, then they become voters and they also have chain migration and everything else. So uh, the, the, the effects multiply and expand with time. And if we don't, to your point about the New York Times article, if we don't move quickly to expel all the people that Biden let in, it won't just be 10 million people, which is yeah. bad enough, whatever the number is, it will be 10 million people plus 20 million children plus their 20 million relatives. In yeah. other words, that, that, that is a base. It is a foundation which will expand exponentially and, and compound the effects, again, beyond what we can even imagine. Okay, so I wasn't going to out you, but yeah, you're, you grew up in Santa Monica, okay? Well, <laughs> the People's Republic of California, okay? But uh, hard to believe. I mean, as a Jewish American who's been called a Nazi and everything like that, it, it's sort of amazing. But the last couple of weeks has truly been like, uh, you know, and honestly, maybe it's the rude awakening we need to see just how insane uh, our Democrat policymakers are, uh, the people who back them, the people who they back over the American people. But you grew up in Santa Monica, and we saw part of the you know, I-10 freeway in Los Angeles be totally destroyed due to a fire that officials are saying is arson, uh, possibly linked to the homeless encampments underneath the highway. I mean, I don't know if this is one of the highways that's racist because it was too tall or too short to house, I, I don't know. That was the Pete Buttigieg insanity. But talk about growing up on the west side of Los Angeles and how it's changed. Uh, and you know, do, listen, this is a bastion of liberal insanity, but. I mean, do the people there finally wake up? You know, what's what's going to happen to the infrastructure? You lose one of those big freeways that's already a disaster getting around L.A. Like, you know, how do you think this impacts other people's political views? Uh, did the start and the fall of, you know, California from when you were born to, to today? I mean, you know, California was the home of Reagan. Uh, did right. that change your political views? 
Does, but more importantly, does, does anyone ever well, actually wake up to all of this or is it just- It certainly shaped them. Um, growing, up in, growing up in the Southland of California and seeing with my own eyes how these radical left policies as well as open borders was ruining what was this paradise. I mean, it's hard to even explain how good the weather is in Los Angeles if you haven't been there. Yeah. But basically, 12 months a year, it's, it's neither too hot nor too cold, yeah. which is amazing. No, you know, it's like December, weather's good. The middle of July, weather's good. And they have this massive, beautiful coastline, right? So beautiful climate, not humid. Everything's perfect. And they've turned it into a hellhole. That you know how hard you have to work to destroy a place that nice? I mean, it is a spectacular achievement in the worst way possible to ruin California. And that's what they did. So it absolutely shaped a lot of my thinking. And as to whether or not it will be able to turn around, I fear that California is in a death spiral. And so they're going to have to bottom out long and hard. I don't think there's going to be an awakening in time. So my honest t advice to people in California um, who, who understand how bad it is and aren't living in a delusion is if you have the means and ability to leave, just leave. Just give up on California and leave. If but but if you if you have that shit that like just don't bring the shit with you, okay? Don't no, be clear. Don't, don't like, let's make sure we don't right California the rest yes. of America, right? Like if we California the rest of America, we're screwed. But that's happening. You know that that's the problem. You see that in Texas. I mean, if I you go to Austin, and in the last decade, you know it it is literally like the People's Republic of California East. It it is perhaps more liberal than San Francisco. So, you know, people escape, but they bring like, even like 10% of the crap with them. It's like, no, no, but we should be able to do this. This is fine. And slowly but surely they destroy everything they touch. It's like a parasitic relationship. You know, no, no, we're, we're, we're escaping that, but we're, not, we're only bringing a little bit with us and then it s snowballs, right? No, it is, it, right, it is, it is the ultimate, <coughs> uh, ultimate irony. Uh, it also just shows how human beings are sometimes incapable of seeing their own failures, yeah. that you will have people, and we all know people like this to some extent or another, uh, who live their whole lives in Manhattan or their whole lives in LA, and they complain about everything. They complain about the crime, the cost of living, the public transit, the public schools. You know, they'll spend a fortune just to keep their kids out of the public schools while complaining about the taxes that they're spending to pay for the public schools. And that they'll move somewhere else Right. And they'll vote for the same taxes, the same public school policies, the same public safety policies, the same, 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 same. As though the reason why California was failing was some property in the soil or the reason why New York City was failing was some yeah. property in the water. No, it's you. You are the failure. You are the reason. Every time you showed up to some stupid fundraiser and wrote a max out check for some stupid left wing politician, you are literally the problem. And so, yeah, you, we don't want you to move. We don't want you to move out at all. Yeah. You stay right there. It'll watching, be great. Enjoy yes. the weather. It's really, it's lovely. It's lovely. Just please, the people please who are don't watching come. this interview and who are agreeing with us, by all means, please move to Austin, Texas and try to yeah. bring some sanity there. Uh, well, because I, you're right. If, if Austin becomes San Francisco and the numbers keep growing, that changes how the Senate races go. 
It changes how the state legislature races go. And, and you know, look, in 10 years, between that and the open borders, who knows what politically is going to be happening in Texas? I yeah, no, it's a problem. I saw that. I saw that because it, it isn't just Austin, right? <laughs> like, you know, I, I saw... I saw that a lot during the last couple cycles. You know, it's like I go to Dallas, you know, and I go to visit a buddy of mine in like Highland Park, nice neighborhood, whatever it is. And I'm going through and it's like, I'm seeing all these <laughs> Beto signs. Like these are rich, spoiled people, like living great life. Yes. And it's like, but it's like, honestly, I think it's like the housewife. Like some of these like rich suburban housewives, you know, they're so bored that their entire like existence, you know, they don't really want for anything. And it's, you know, how do we get perceived as cool while in the line at Starbucks and at the, you know, the, and they're pushing the insanity because they basically have nothing to worry about. They're going to be behind their fences. They're going to be in the gated communities, but because of the social construct and the social structures of the left, it's like you get bonus points by being extra woke and you can do this thing. So they're voting for policies that would destroy their own neighborhoods, but they don't really care because they're probably rich enough to avoid it. It's everyone else. Uh, you know, and, and I see that problem sort of manifesting itself. Like they don't know anything what's going on in politics because they don't want for anything. Uh, you know, they're they're sitting at home and they're Lululemon and going to yoga and going to Starbucks and going to some juice bar and like drinking wine at lunch every day. And it's like, well, how do we get cool? It's like, well, we'll talk about these things and we'll support idiots like Beto O'Rourke. It it makes no sense, but it's happening daily. Yes, and the. Um the demographic you're talking about, right, the insufferable rich white liberal, uh, is wreaking absolute havoc on this country, because they're not just they're not just voting for uh, all of these policies and politicians, but they're opening their checkbooks, and it all adds up, and so it's it's what some have called, as you know, the woke mind virus, right? And so this this religion, this cult this virtue signaling where they're competing with each other to be the most anti-racist, right? To be the most, yeah. you know, willing yeah. to have a trans child or to create a yeah. trans no, child. It, no. It's not just a medical, it, it's actually an accessory. Like the, the trans right. child, like why is it that like every Hollywood celebrity has a trans child magically? Like that would, you would think that would defy the laws of statistics, right? If there are X number of kids that are gay, X number, like, yeah. There's a gross over you know overperformance yeah, so in those societies because it's actually cool. You're not children. cool if you don't have a trans child. Yes, and have you noticed how people, uh, some celebrities, adopt kids from faraway countries, um, and then multiples of them turn out to be trans. And, yeah. want to and yet, no people in those born. countries are actually trans because they actually have real yes. problems to worry about. Adopted from a population of 0% trans, all of a sudden, yes. they're magically at four years yeah, old, they, they decided they're going to be. They become trans. It's amazing. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a real significant driver of the problem because that, that group of people, if you're unlucky enough to work in corporate America, that group of people are probably your HR managers. They're probably your mid-level boss. They're probably um, the legal department. And so they're the gatekeepers to yeah. professional life in America. They're the ones forcing these workshops down people's throats. And so if we don't, as a movement, fight back against that, uh, we're going to keep on losing. That's why it's so important to our beginning conversation, and this is what my organization is doing, you have to sue the corporations that are pushing these policies. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, for example, we sued Target uh, in the aftermath of their disastrous Pride uh, Month rollout that sank their shareholder value. You have to go on offense. We need Congress to defund critical race theory and gender theory and all of these things. It's not enough just to say, I don't support it. You have yeah. to, you actually have to actually go after it and try and shut it down because it will destroy this country. No, 100%. There's, and there's so much of that going on. I mean, I saw well, the stats, like the S&P 500 companies was like, of the 600,000 jobs or three, whatever, this was two, three weeks ago, uh, so I don't remember the stats exactly, but of the hundreds of thousands of jobs created by the S&P 500 in their woke way, you know, like 13% went to white people. I'm like, wait, 13% in a country that's you know, 70%? Like, I'm like, wait a second. Like, there wasn't just a magical underperformance, you know, by white people. And yet, and I saw that story you were mentioning. In those companies, and, yeah, yeah, in those companies, it's like, no, 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 but if you check a box, you don't have to be the best candidate. You don't have to be the best, but if you check a box, your know, diversity is somehow our strength. No one's been able to point out to me how, but it doesn't matter because they say it loud and co corporate America will do that. I'm like, so you're saying, they're like, how, Don, you must be racist because you, you can't imagine that someone overperformed from a minority group. I go, no, of course, I, listen, I see it all the time. Like there's incredible people, but like, you're telling me that of like hundreds of thousands of jobs, magically, all white people grossly underperformed and all minority minorities grossly overperformed, you know, in, in public corporations. Like that's literally, it's, it's not statistically possible. It's certainly not plausible, but it, it, it doesn't even matter. They, they ran this thing like it was the greatest thing in the world. I'm like, but what if you're, if you're a shareholder, if you're a shareholder, and this is when we talk about some of our sponsors, it, it sort of lines up with it. Like if you're a shareholder in that woke company, like you have someone that almost certainly is going to be underperforming doing a job. You're not delivering the value. You're not exercising your fiduciary responsibility as a corporate officer if these are your hiring practices. And yet they're not even hiding from it. They're not just doing it under the thing, hoping they don't get caught. They don't give a shit if they get caught. They're actually putting no, they're, it out they're, there they're like it's a great idea. It. Yeah. For a long time. And yeah, so, uh, I mean, <coughs> most importantly, uh, um, it's illegal. Uh, so these companies, in many cases, have explicit hiring, training, recruiting, et cetera, programs uh, that are exclusionary, that say this race is allowed, this race isn't allowed. And obviously, most of the time, the excluded group are going to be white. Uh, sometimes white and Asian, uh, and oftentimes uh, men as well are disadvantaged. And so, for example, we just filed a civil rights complaint. This is one that really, I think, upsets people uh, against multiple airline companies for hiring and recruiting based on race, including pilots. If you can think of a crazier idea than hiring pilots on race rather than objective job capability, I can't think of one. And, you know, we've all seen the reports about a lot of near misses in aviation recently. Uh, these policies are ultimately going to get people killed. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we thought a lot of people didn't take it seriously when uh, the discrimination was just happening in, you know, what you think of as like the soft fields, right? Like, you know, marketing or something. Yeah. Although illegal is illegal, wrong is wrong. Yeah. Now they are now they are using these policies in the life or death professions, like flying an airplane. Yeah. I mean, this is truly mad. 
Yeah, no, and I, I saw that. It was, it was the pilots as well as air traffic control. So, like, what could go wrong? Yes. All I know, Stephen, is that, you know, if I'm going to die in a fiery ball uh, flying, you know, falling out of the sky at 36,000 feet, I want to know that I contributed to woke hiring practices because that's yes. that's what I want. I, you, you know, but but you, you see that. Life, yeah, they should ask you to sign a waiver. You know, they say, are you willing to perform the duties in the exit row? They should ask you. Uh, are you willing to sacrifice your life on this plane today to help our company hit its equity quota? Yeah, and but the, again, they're they're running around out there like they're advertising it. Like you should be thrilled to get on this plane because we've got a trans pilot. Yeah, do they know how to fly a plane? I don't know. I mean, who knows? You know, like it's minor details. Uh, you know, I, I'm a licensed pilot. I went through the training. Like it, it's lunacy. Like, I, and by the way, and by the way, I don't care if all of the pilots are minorities. If if you know if you're green and you're the best pilot in the world, that I I I, I fly like three hundred fifty thousand miles a year, practically more than any human being in the world. Like, uh, you know, most of it commercial coach. Like, I want that pilot to be able to land the damn plane. Not that they're there because they checked off a couple boxes and they're doing it, but they're actively recruiting it. But what's even crazier is that. Our country, our mindset is so warped now that there are people actually cheering the fact that you're getting on a plane that may have someone less qualified so that we can fill diversity quotas. The airlines are literally advertising it as though it's like this is a reason to fly our airline as opposed to to avoid it at all possible costs. It's it's mind-blowing to me. And see, here's the thing is that if you actually gave Americans a choice— no matter what the skin color of the American citizen was, we all know what they would choose. In other words, if you said, okay, you can pick from two airlines, same price, same seat, same everything, flying to the same destination, same airport, no difference at all. But this one thing, airline A chose the pilot who had the highest score on their flying exam and the most hours logged. Airline B chose the pilot that helped them achieve a specific diversity hiring goal. Everyone's choosing A, no matter what the skin color. Of I, honestly, at this point, choosing A. Stephen, I disagree with you. At this point, there are liberals that would choose B just because, and, and that—that's yeah, what so it, it feels one like. There's demographic that would choose B, which is which is the insufferable white liberal. You're yeah. right. But everyone by, else by the way, the minorities that may be the beneficiary of some of these policies, even they're choosing A, okay? But the, right. but the, no, the, only, the suburban white housewife, that's the one that may choose B. It's only to, the one with the yard sign that says, um, in this house, you know, we're trans and critical race theory and hate has no home here. The yard sign people are the only one that are choosing B. Yeah, uh, I actually, else is choosing I, I had a buddy call me the other day. Uh, he literally was like, I just got on a plane and he's, he's panicking. He's like, the, the pilot made an announcement. I, I forget the airline. I don't need to call it out. But it was like, this is Captain so-and-so and I am X Airlines, major airline carrier, like, ma- like not even one of the you know, budget. Like, and I am the first trans pilot to be. And I'm just, he was just like, literally texted me like, Holy <laughs> shit, we're, we're, I'm going to die. And, and it, but it wasn't even no. like, like, who cares if that's the best pilot? I'm happy to have every pilot in America be trans if for some reason that makes them great. Now, if they're on all sorts of meds to help stabilize their hormonal levels and make sure they're not crazy, you know, when I see some of the violence coming out of the trans community, so I'm like, like, I don't know, like, do I want my pilot jacked up on all sorts of hormonal medications to make sure that they're fine? Like, I, don't, I probably not. Probably not. Well, especially but also they're, the they're highlighting it. Not just, they're not indifferent to it. 
because it's the best person, they're highlighting it to the people. And you know, this this buddy of mine's obviously very, fairly conservative, but like, eh, people are like, am, am I clapping or am I praying? <laughs> Praying to God that we don't fall out of the sky right now. Yep. No, I'm in complete agreement on all of that. I mean, it's truly, um, it's truly a just an incomprehensible situation that we've ended up in as a country. So you tweeted the other day. This was a this sort of an interesting one. A poll after poll shows that Trump is not just beating but crushing Biden. Okay. This is why Biden and the Democrats are desperate to throw Trump in prison, and this is why the moral duty of Republicans who believe in democracy and oppose our descent into tyranny is to support Trump. I think you're exactly right. I mean, there's a reason they're trying to crush that. Everything that they said of Trump, you know, all the people, you know, they are functioning like the Nazis. They are functioning like dictators. They, the, they're trying to jail their political opponents. They're trying to silence the speech of others. Um, are the other Republicans running in this primary just sort of banking on that the Democrat lawfare succeeds? Are they just actually hoping that while they may oppose it in theory, right? I remember Ron DeSantis did this. Like, no, that, you know, the lawfare, it is what it is. And then they indicted Trump like the next day. Like, uh, are, are, are they sort of, they almost feel complicit with the Democrats. Like, hey, the lawfare is okay as long as it moves me forward politically. And then other than that, I'm really against it. What's going on? No, I think that's clearly what's happening. I think that there's a lot of people um, who are in the stop Trump, the never Trump, the anti-Trump category, uh, candidates, politicians, donors, et cetera, who are just wishing and hoping and waiting that the lawfare somehow changes the dynamic in the primary. Uh, because clearly, if the objective is just, as it should be, to defeat uh, the radical left, to stop Joe Biden, et cetera, then obviously, um, even if even if you're not uh, a hardcore pro-Trump conservative, but you just care about taking your country back, you would say that now's the time to consolidate, put your resources behind the runaway front runner. I mean, it's not even close. Nothing like it before in history in terms of the in the gap. Stop wasting money on a internecine primary battle. And focus all of your energies on getting your ballot operations in order, getting your harvesting operations in order, and focusing on the general election. Instead, we're going to waste tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, basically uh, attacking Trump from two directions. You have DOJ attacking him, and then you have other uh, Republicans attacking him. Yeah, I'm watching the Biden administration take all the DeSantis stuff and like and utilize it. I'm like... That seems great for conservatism. It's a, it, it's pretty actually sad. And you, you understand, they just have a lot of money in their super PACs. The consultants are stealing the vast majority of that money, right? You know, if we buy an ad, it's going to run through our ad company and we're going to go through our purchasing company and we get to take, you know, 60% of that money and we got 50 million left. So we can probably pocket another 30 million and change into the hands of like two or three people. Uh, and that's what people don't understand. They think these are like genuine attacks and it's just a big grift uh, from the people in the swamp. Uh, you know, something else we got to just try to expose so people just understand, you know, th they're being manipulated, not because people actually believe in these things, but because they understand that this is how a lot of people in the swamp make a lot of money. Yes, I mean, I think the people don't really sometimes understand the economic model here, which is that the, the ad firms, the consultancy firms, uh, the various campaign firms, the longer the primary goes on, the more money that they make. And so it's very enriching for them. 
Now, I'm not saying, of course, uh, that there should never be primaries in any circumstance. What I'm saying is you have the overwhelming choice of conservative Americans, Republican Americans, GOP primary voters, all saying, we want Trump, we want Trump, we want Trump. Every day, every week, every month that we are continuing this primary, instead of focusing on the general election, we are helping all of the forces that you and I talked about today who are trying to destroy this country. It's just that simple. Yeah. So your America First legal group uh, is, is fighting to get access to some of these, you know, Biden alias emails, name like names like Robin Ware. I think it was like, I, I can't, I mean, it almost feels like I can't be right. Like 87,000 emails sent by, sent by Joe Biden under an alias name. I mean, I don't know that I've ever sent 87,000 emails, period, but under an alias, it, what, what's the status of those emails? Why was Joe Biden using an alias or a pseudonym? Uh, does he have a good reason for that other than obviously hiding the corruption that's going on? I mean, what could this possibly be? And how is this not a big deal? You know, I, I watched the new speaker of the House. You know, well, we don't really have enough to go after Joe Biden. I mean, why on earth would he be getting checks from his brother? Why on earth are the grandkids getting checks from Chinese control entities? What, like, there's literally not a plausible argument. The, you know, the, they were not business people. They were not doing deals prior to him amassing power in these things. But like even like our own side is like, well, we're not really sure yet. I'm like, no one else would get the benefit of the doubt in this. It's certainly not from the Democrats. Uh, you know, what, what's going on and how bad's the corruption? Yeah, well, the corruption obviously is like nothing we've ever seen before. And every day, thanks in large part to James Comer, a new revelation comes out about the kickbacks, about the shady financial dealings, the pay for play, the influence peddling. Um, the uh, tax evasion and so on and so forth with the Biden crime family. But now, as you mentioned, you also have the scandal where you have thousands of emails sent under aliases and pseudonyms when Joe Biden was vice president uh, that clearly suggest an effort to conceal the discovery of these communications. So my organization is fighting to get access to these emails, as I know is James Comer, uh, we've also obtained many other emails uh, from the office of the vice president showing just how extensively Joe Biden's vice presidential office and Hunter Biden's Rosemont Seneca interacted and co-mingled during Joe Biden's time as vice president. So what are some of the other America first legal efforts that we should be aware of that, that people can you know, tell us about those? Because, again, you're one of the few. I mean, it, we have to be doing it. We have to be playing the same game. Hopefully this show sort of awakens people to that. But like, you're one of the few guys doing that. They've got hundreds. Thank you. What are some of the efforts that you, you guys are doing that people should be aware of? And, and how do they find out more about America First Legal? So please go to aflegal.org. That's aflegal.org. Um, I think that what I would say is in addition to what I discussed earlier, uh, we also just won a big case. Uh, relating to letting children opt out of radical left lesson plans um, in a um, far left school district. Then we also just sued the Montgomery County Public Schools for denying parents access to public meetings after pushing trans materials in the classroom. And then we're also expanding our push into suing corporations and entities for what we've talked about today, which are these racist DEI policies. So for example, we have a lawsuit against Amazon for race-based discrimination. 
We have a lawsuit against medical schools in Texas for race-based discrimination. We sued NYU for race-based discrimination. By, so, by the way, another place, yes. sort of like my pilot, yes. I want the best doctor, whether they're you know yes. green, blue, or purple, I want the best doctor, not someone who got a <laughs> doctor checkbox. Uh, that, that seems like another big one, but minor details, right? Yes, medical school is definitely an area where you want the best. Uh, you do not want skin color to be the determining factor in whether or not you get a medical license. So bottom line, we're suing all the bad guys, one lawsuit after another, hard-hitting litigation, winning big victories, uh, achieving one significant landmark for the conservative legal movement after another. And you can read all about it at aflegal.org, and hopefully you can support us and join us and follow our latest legal actions. Well, Stephen, great to have you back on, man. Thanks a lot. Guys, please go Thank check it so out. There, there are people on our side that are actually fighting. We need more people to have the guts that Stephen has that are willing to take the hits that Stephen does uh, to do what we're doing to preserve our way of life. He's one of the few. So definitely go check it out and support. And Stephen, always great to have you on, buddy. I hope you guys, always great I hope you have you a great done. Thanksgiving, thank by the way. Yeah. You too. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless. And thank you so much. Look forward to talking very soon. See you soon, bud. Awesome, guys. Make sure you're liking, you're sharing, you're subscribing. I'm seeing the likes and I'm seeing how many people are watching right now and they are not the same. So make sure you like it. I'm sure the haters aren't gonna like it, but everyone else, it's that simple. Just click the button. Also, make sure you can check us out on Spotify. If you're not always here on Rumble watching live, you can get your podcast that way. Triggered is on Spotify. Go check it out. Download it. That way, if you're in the car or you're on a plane and you want to listen and catch up on all the episodes, they're all right there. Also, make sure to check out our incredible sponsors. Go check out the folks over at Gold Co. We've talked about it. It's a great hedge against the insanity of what's going on. Owning tangible, physical gold and silver can really protect you in these crazy times. You see the stupid decisions. You see the reckless spending. You see the potential for war. It never ends. Gold Co. is top-notch customer service. They'll answer your questions. They'll educate you. They'll take you through that whole process so you can protect yourselves from the insanity we see going on every day. It looks like 2008 all over again, guys. We're gonna hit a wall going 1,000 miles an hour and it's gonna be a disaster and I just want you to be prepared. Go to donjuniorgold.com to learn more. That's D-O-N-J-R gold.com, D-O-N-J-R gold.com to learn more. And while you're doing that, if you're checking them out on your cell phone, do it with Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. We got to support the companies who support us, and Patriot Mobile does just that. They give back a portion of every dollar raised to fight for the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, our brave police and first responders. They fight school board battles. That's a big deal, guys. You can have your hard-earned dollars used by big, woke corporate weaponized against you, or you can support companies like Patriot Mobile who fight with you in your corner. So for fast, free activation, because you're going to have a cell phone in your pocket, do it with Patriot Mobile. Go to patriotmobile.com slash triggered, like the show, patriotmobile.com slash triggered for fast, free activation. You're not gonna regret it, and you can fight the woke nonsense with your dollars. Vote with your dollars, push back. Don't allow big, woke corporate to take over our country. The choice is yours, and it seems like a no-brainer. Thanks a lot, guys. Really look forward to seeing you guys soon.